Blue Shirts fans, welcome to the worst New York Rangers podcast, the podcast about the NHL's least favorite team, the New York Rangers. Today is a very special episode. Today we start a new segment called The Bash Brothers. It is with my best friend and my brother, Nick. We hang out all the time. We talk hockey all the time. Um, we we just decided, you know, let's let's make this thing a reality. Let, let's talk about, because, you know, this is a Rangers show. I talk about the Rangers. But sometimes there are other things that need to be talked about, and I will put them all here. So he'll have his perspective with his team, which you'll find out who that is in a second. And I think it's just a, a fun time that we can have. I, I really enjoyed recording this. I really appreciate Nick for being here. Mine and his relationship has been, you know, over ten years now. We we played in the, we played shows together in our in our different bands. We we were on the same powerlifting team. He has a young child, and I'm about to have a kid in a week. So we relate a lot. We talk literally every day. So it just made sense for us to do this. So without further delay, I'm going to introduce you guys to the first episode of the Bash Brothers. Blue Shirts fans, welcome to Bash Brothers. I'm here with Nick. Nick, say hi, please. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I think that this kind of came a little bit spur of the moment. We were talking about it, and it just it just makes sense. I've yeah. uh, introduced our relationship off this recording, and everybody kind of knows like how we hang out and how much we hang out and how much hockey we talk about. So we we're making the running joke this week of saying that, you know, Save it for the podcast. Save it for the podcast because we have <laughs> we have so much content to talk about all the time when it comes to you know the lifting and just hanging out. Yep. So let's uh, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your team. Let's talk about the history of that. Let's talk about you know why you're a fan of the team that you're a fan of. Sure. So um, originally I was born in Chicago, Illinois. So uh, it makes me a Blackhawks fan through and through. Um, so much so that I have the feathers tattooed on my wrist. Um, pretty much I became a hockey fan out the womb. I mean, we, my mom is always a big Blackhawks fan. My dad was a, a hockey fan just cause he liked, uh, he just liked the agility aspect of it was never really a hockey fan, but, uh, my mom sure was. So she, I would always watch games with her. So that kind of spiraled and it sounds bandwagony, but I've always watched games, but really during the 2010 cup run against Philly was when I really started diving deep in like analytics and um, different players, contracts, stuff like that uh, for the Blackhawks. And then ever since then, it's been a a very slippery slope into many rabbit holes. (laughs) And I think that's okay. Right. Because I mean, realistically, my family's been Ranger fans for my entire life, right? My grandpa, my dad. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was that cup run. uh, It was 2014 the run with Lundqvist, that was like when it was really exciting. Yeah, exactly. When it was really exciting and we had a lot going on. So your team doesn't have to make a deep run for you to become a fan. But when you have, you know, legacies of these, these great teams and then they disband, Mm -hmm. they go through rebuilds and you're just trying to, when you're young, like us, (laughs) the age that we are, it's, you know, you didn't see all that, that legendary stuff. You weren't around for those. I, I was born in 94, so I didn't fucking see a Stanley cup run. So (laughs) for myself, it's, I I totally understand what you're saying. And, and same thing for my dad, Uh, people that listen to the show already know that my dad is the main number one reason why I'm into hockey in general, not just the Rangers, but watching with my grandpa and watching with my dad is 
definitely something that that got me deeper into you know hockey and and the rangers in general so yeah that's kind of that's kind of like along the same lines too like you know every year my mom and i will will go have z's on nhl center ice just so we can watch every black box game um they're used to actually down the street from my house there used to be a straight up chicago bar but when the knights infiltrated they don't they don't watch hawks games there anymore it's all knights games so it just kind of sucks like that we kind of lost that spot um i actually have pictures this is really funny because i actually have pictures um from the cup run against tampa where we took over the entire bar and it wasn't just like my mom and i it was like me we had some family in town that would come watch the games my mom and then we had just like uh loads of our friends um just there to watch the game we actually ended up taking over the bar to the point where we were the only ones left and it was really cool watching um duncan keith score that game winner on vasileski so it was like and like they just like the whole bar erupted like it was basically the united center and uh that's, that's honestly what i really like why i like when uh the the hawks come to town to play the knights that i'm just basically like it's basically united center southwest it's really cool to see this it's, it's loads of red jerseys in the stadium um you know the tradition of like screaming and cheering through the national anthem takes place there too so it's it's really really fun to see but uh you know it's it's cool because any any time that i have an opportunity to see the golden knights and hawks play uh my mom's always with me so it's like it's really cool like it's just a lot of fun honestly it's like a full circle thing right you know i'm I'm 100%. going to i'm going to games now um to see the rangers play when they come to town with my dad and my wife and and my wife's dad so it's like a full circle thing is is the number one reason why we do this in the first place right is because we just we love the game not just i love obviously yeah. i'm a rangers fanboy truest through and through and you know i think igor is the best thing that ever happened to my life but sure. when you just have like that camaraderie when you're standing next to somebody in the same Jersey as you and, and you're screaming, oh, and, yeah. you know, you're crying and you're high fiving and you're, you're pissed off and you're crying. It's like that, that type okay, of thing. I actually is, have is, a, yeah. I actually have a funny story. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I don't no, want to forget. Good. But I, good. My first ever hockey game was 2015 Western conference finals with against the deck, the ducks and Hawks. It was game five. And we went down to Anaheim to watch it. We were sitting lower bowl. One of the craziest experiences I ever had was I watched a puck go over the glass and cut some dude's nose up. Like, it was wild. But uh, that was my first ever hockey game, and we went with my mom and my aunt. And my goal for that game, because I know that Hawks fans travel really well, period. Anywhere you go, anywhere they go. They, absolutely, they, absolutely. Hawks fans travel amazingly. And especially, it's even harder. They travel so hard in Southern California, Vegas, and Arizona are three big spots that they travel really well to. Um, so my goal when we went there was, like, I want to start a Let's Go Hawks chant. Like, that's my, that's my only goal. So the Hawks were down 4-2 going into the third. Within, like, uh, I don't know, it was within the last five minutes, um, came back tight at forced overtime. So we're going to the smoking section in between third period and first overtime intermission. We're going to the smoking section. Everyone's buzzing, man. Ducks fans look defeated. Hawks fans are just laughing in their laughing in their face and drinking their tears. And it was the funniest shit I've ever seen. And I was like, now's my chance. If I ever have a chance to start a Let's Go Hawks chant in the playoffs while I'm at the stadium, like now's my chance. So I started a Let's Go Hawks chant. And the entire bottom atrium was just 
screaming it at the top of their lungs. And it was just, you could see that like every Ducks fan was rattled that was walking around there. And they, sure. just looked, they just looked absolutely rattled. Uh, the Hawks ended up losing 30 seconds into overtime on a two-on-one goal, which I think was from Corey Perry, but I can't remember. But yeah, they ended up losing like 30 seconds into overtime, but it was still really cool to see. And it was one hell of a way to pop my uh, NHL game cherry. It was game five Western Conference Finals. <laughs> Yeah, the, the L is the little tidbit. We don't we don't include that part. We talk about the the good part that happened before. We we don't talk about that. But <laughs> no, man, you always talk about the L. That's why I always post all the, my my lifting videos whenever I post them. I always post the ones I miss too because not everything that you're going to see is going to be all hunky dory and pretty and all that, you know. So it's like, you know, you got to talk about the L's because that's what makes the W so much sweeter. That's that's literally when it's regular season. I'm doing full episodes of this podcast. Anyone that listens knows it's like. Blue shirt fans, welcome to the worst New York Rangers podcast. And then the other time it's like, ah, blue shirt fans. Hey, guys. Welcome to the worst New York Rangers podcast. And then I usually end up starting by saying, hey, we're going to fucking help Igor or what? What the fuck are we doing? Like, do I need to to lace up, bro? Do I need to get involved? What the fuck's going on, dude? (laughs) This is getting ridiculous. But that's a perfect pivot to what I wanted to talk about. So my perception of the Blackhawks. Now, obviously, I am a Rangers fan i watch every game every preseason game and the, even the short the short cup run that we tried to do or we lost in the first round so i'm i'm watching every single game i'm watching every ahl game with the hartford wolf pack you know and then i try to catch every game that i can in between you know i'll try to watch some uh some rivalry matches i'll try to watch some you know east coast west coast stuff i like to see you know when there's a team that shouldn't be shouldn't take this win but they, they might come around and do it just because of who we have in the lineup or, you know, trade acquisition time. They might get a new player. And I'm always kind of watching the buzz that. So my perception of the Blackhawks is, you know, a team that was aggressively good. And then, you know, it, it just happens, right? You can't keep players and people move on. People get old. And then aggressively bad. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was trying to be a little nice. But, uh, no, no, no. so you know. You can say it the way it is. I mean, the past like four years have just been dog shit awful. So I get yeah, it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that builds a humbleness, right? When you have a when you have a club that you follow yeah. that when they're bad and you're still a fan, that that's what it is, right? That that's that yeah. that humbleness where you kind of just understand you love the game, not just the team. When it's bad and I'm still wearing their sweater. Yeah, literally. When it's bad and I'm actively choosing to wear their sweater, I I, I do that repeatedly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm lucky that my my two best jerseys I have are just the old Liberty head and then the Igor one because I, I honestly after that that playoff loss I was like I would not be wearing anyone's jersey right now I I told my dad everyone's on punishment right now dude everybody I'm pissed at you I don't want to see you post on Instagram I don't want to see you post on Twitter you guys better be quiet for the summer train but anyway so my perception of the Hawks and and what they were was you know a just team that's just not there right a team that's just not yeah. there right now I have um obviously. I have a little bit of feeling with them from last year. So we lost a game to them early December of last yeah. season. I really bad. We got smoked. Jacob Truba threw his helmet. You know, he got into like two fights that day and trying to spark his team and just couldn't make it happen. But that did lead to like an eight game win streak that we went on and we attributed to that. So that's on, that's my only perception right now of the Blackhawks. And, and I know how you feel about that, but mo- most importantly, what I want to ask you, and obviously I'll leave the floor open for you to talk about um, the Hawks, but I do want to hear what your perception is of the Rangers. Cause everybody here knows what my perception is. Everybody knows how I feel. So I just kind of want to get what you think, wh- where you think the Rangers are going to be at in this next season, where you kind of think that they stand. 
So, now that I think about it, um, I don't know. There's always that high hopes that the Rangers, because of you know the fact that they're just an original six, you know, powerhouse. They're always consistently good in the regular season. Um, now you add on Igor, Igor Shesterkin, who's been consistently your back end and and just really good every year. Can put up 20 plus wins every year. Um, I got a lot of high hopes. Now I, I, I would never consider myself a fan of any team that isn't, you know, the Blackhawks. Like I like the Kraken. Um, I'll go to some golden Knights games wearing golden Knights stuff. If, if I have the tickets, whatever. Right. But I've, I've always found love for the original six and considering that the Rangers are part of that. I always find myself like, oh, if the Rangers are playing and the Hawks are, you know, played earlier and they're done or they, they had an off day, but the Rangers are playing, I always find myself turning into a Rangers game. So um, as far as like being on the analytics side for the Rangers, that's definitely, you got to miss me with that because I'm not 100% on top of that. But the one thing that I can tell you is just watching that eight game win streak kind of post you into the playoffs, which was fun to watch. Um I have some high hopes for that. If Igor can repeat even just a quarter of what he did last year, I mean, you're talking about a 37-win year on 58 games played, which is huge. That's that's really huge for your starting goaltender. The problem is, is you don't want him to be absolutely gassed by the time the playoffs roll around, which, you know, that happened to, to Marc-Andre Fleury when the Knights went into the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. And that's exactly what happened. So my thing is, 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 as long as you can bolster your at least your top two lines with some decent firepower and still have that back end to kind of take the edge off of Igor, you'll be fine, which they were showing flashes of with all season last year, which was, you know, kind of treading in the right direction. And then all of a sudden it fell apart when it mattered the most. But I mean, I got, I got some high hopes for the Rangers. I, I would absolutely love to see a Rangers Hawks Stanley Cup final. I think that'd be great for both markets but great for both fan bases uh yeah and so for for the rangers and i'm glad that you brought all that up because it is true what you're saying is absolutely true now for the core for the rangers here and my most of the people that listening right now know that that we kept most of our core but we added a lot of of pieces that are going to hopefully help with that depth right when we get through and also the signing of quick though he's an older guy now you know what i'm saying he's not what he used to be the point of quick yeah. is that he can sit, he can sit, he can be his backup goalie and he can deliver the numbers you need to win the, some games that don't matter as much. And then kind of back up Igor on the back-to-back game, because I feel like we have some guys down in uh, Hartford right now. They want to bring up, there's a, there's a young kid, uh, Dylan Garand. They want to bring him up. All the fans want to bring him up because they feel like, Oh, he'd be great to be mentored by Igor, you know, and Igor's starting to progress into hopefully something legendary, like, uh, you know, the return of the King type stuff from Lundquist. Right. But, but the thing is, is that this guy is young in Hartford. He needs time to develop and play games. If he comes up, he's mm-hmm. going to sit behind Igor and that's not going to do him any good. So the signing of quick, hopefully solves that where Igor can take a break. Also with some of the acquisitions and stuff and like Wheeler and Benino and stuff like that. So that's going to really help the Rangers this year. Plus, you know, a, a new coaching staff in general, a new head coach and all these extra coaches and stuff that kind to take what we have a solid foundation and push that to a, a cup contending team. So that, that leads me to ask you, what do you think about the Hawks this year? What do you think is going to happen? And you know, the, the big one looming over everybody's head that everybody in the league is talking about right now, Connor Bedard. 
Of course, yeah. I mean, if you're a Blackhawks fan, you're obviously hard for Bedard. I mean, I have his jersey hanging up right now, ready if for. You, if you have eyes and you watch hockey, you're hard for Bedard. Honestly, <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's no yeah. joke. I, I mean, he had he had an absolutely stellar performance in the rookie camp against. I think it was a Blues where he opened up firepower with a uh, with a nice hat trick in that game. So he's definitely showing that he could possibly hang. Um, I don't like putting so much faith on rookies like that, especially coming first round first pick so it's like i have i have my qualms with that because you never you never know you you never know what that first round pick is going to be and you know so i'm just i'm excited to see um i'm definitely interested to see how the new acquisitions acquisitions i can't talk i'm sorry um of taylor hall and nick felino are going to be so i'm really excited for that one thing that i'm really 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 excited for breeze is lucas reichel I am so absolutely so excited to see him play uh, and, and consistently get NHL starting time. Um, you know, he was up and down last year. He was up and down for the past couple of years. Um, and then you had our, our GM, Luke Richardson, come out and say, like, no, 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 he's going to be on the training camp. He's going to be on the preseason roster. And, and I love that. And I love that they're kind of giving faith because, you know, a lot of questions arose with, you know, with Jonathan Taze leaving. It was just like, well, who's going to wear that seat? And you were kind of hoping that it was going to be Patrick Kane, and then Patrick Kane gets dealt at the deadline too, but other than the Rangers. But we'll talk about that later. Um, so you had a lot of questions of, like, who's going to wear that seat? Of course, everyone was just like, oh, Seth Jones will wear it. Oh, Connor Murphy will wear it. You got people you saying know, Bedard should be wearing it, which I absolutely don't agree I with do, at all. I do not agree with that at all. Jonathan Taze was a different monster coming straight out of the draft and into a captaincy. There is a, there's a, a whole – Look, the, no one can be Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tay, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin coming out the gate anymore. No, no, no one will ever be like that. True. Sorry, I True. don't care. I don't give. I don't care if you are a, a diehard fan of your team. I am not sitting there saying like, "Oh yeah, Bedard's going to be the next Sidney Crosby." I will never say that. Okay, he shows flashes, sure, but why don't we let the kid step on the ice for the first time? As a as an NHLer, as a as a dude in the show, let him stand. Let him stand his own for a minute. No, I do not agree at all with him wearing the C his first year. Maybe keep the captaincy vacant for a couple of years, and if he proves, then yeah, give it to him. If he can prove it in like two to three years that he's got that leadership for being was he eighteen? He's got that leadership for being an, an eighteen year old and being a very mature eighteen year old at that, but. You know, I, I I vote that they keep it vacant for a little bit. Just have three A's wearing on the ice right now. But anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. Sorry. Um, and no, I, it's 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 okay because I I wanted to interject here real quick. It's like um, yeah. the Rangers didn't have a captain for a lot of many years, a long time, mm-hmm. right? And putting Jacob Truba into that sweater with the C on it really was because of what he does off the ice. But also, you know, he he's a wrecking ball on the ice. I think that he's sure. he's a he's a polarizing player. And the fact that, like, we don't know what they do off the ice, right? I know that the Rangers have a good leadership team with the players like Kreider and Mika and and also Truba, obviously. But the thing is, is that what they do off the ice is what matters the most. And I think that it just made sense for them to make Truba the, sure. the captain, you know, because it sure. was he's going to be here for a while. And he, he has that, you know, the je ne sais quoi of what we want yeah. to be a, a Rangers captain, right? So it, it totally makes sense. And, and to close off that 
we need to you need to see what happens with 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 Connor in general, right? Because absolutely insane yeah. numbers, and the kid keeps ripping. But at the same time, it's a different beast, man. This is this is professional professional hockey at the highest highest intensity. So we again, he might still be great, but he has to be in that environment, and we have to see what happens first before you can say, "Hey, you're going to lead this team." It's like, bro, you gotta you know gotta lead yourself first before before you lead the right. whole no. whole franchise. And and that's that's another thing that I wanted to bring up too is just like you. You don't know what he's going to be like. You know what he was like with um, the Regina Pats. You knew exactly what he was going to be like there. You saw it. I mean, he put up ridiculous numbers going into the draft that, of course, he was going to go number one overall, whether it would be to Columbus, to Anaheim, to us. It doesn't matter. You knew he was going to go number one overall. But you don't know how that's going to play out come NHL time. I mean, I mean, look at it this way, too. He could go out on his first shift and and get injured, and now you're still dealing oh, yeah. with the same garbage that was on the ice a year ago. And I, now I'm not saying that like like oh my god they're trash like don't even watch Bedard's not playing, but it's like you know there's still there's a lot of of upside to this new team. I'm not saying that they're Stanley Cup contenders. I'm not even saying that they're playoff ready by any means, but. To be bottom barrel of the league again, I don't think so. So if anything, my prediction for this year is probably going to be somewhere between third last and fifth last, you know, and we still have, you know, just get that top five pick again, you know, really get someone to play with, uh, to, with Bedard on the, let's be honest, he's going to be on the first line, whether he's awful or not, (laughs) because who else are you going to put on that first line? I mean, so. I don't know. I, I, I don't have I'm not going into this season with any sort of predictions, any sort of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um oh god, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Expectations. I'm not going into the to, to this season with any expectations other than I'm glad hockey's back. I can't wait to see Bedard play. I'm excited to see how this team's gonna how how this team is going to basically turn everything around and hopefully to be the saving grace of Chicago. Cause let's be honest, the Cubs are limping into the playoffs right now. The bears look awful and no one cares about the white Sox, and the bulls keep shooting themselves in the foot. So right now all Chicago has is play is, is black Hawks hockey. And that's all that they care about right now. And, and what's, and what's that going to take? So I know that for the Rangers, right? We have a solid core and it's, Unless the whole fucking wheels fall off the entire thing, I don't. I don't think that there's no way that we don't at least clinch the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? In, in my opinion, yeah. for the Rangers, I don't think there's any way we don't make the playoffs unless, unless God forbid, knock on wood, Igor gets hurt or we just absolutely fall apart. And you know, Laviolette cannot coach this team; they just don't respect them or something. I don't know. But what's it going to take? What's it going to take for the Hawks to get to that point? Or do you think it's uh, a leadership role? We need that leader in there. Is it, is it goaltending? Is it? Do we need some star players oh. that play with Bedard? What do you think it's going to take to get the the Hawks there? And how and how many seasons do you think that's going to be? Well, dude, I could, I could, man, I could fucking spend this entire time talking about what the Hawks need to make it back to the playoffs. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I mean, let's just, yeah, let's for just sure. start with, the, let's just, <laughs> let's just start with the, you know, the obvious, of course, goaltending. I mean, you have Peter Morazic, who, who I thought going into last year, I thought Peter Morazic was going to be like the dude. I was like, okay, cool. You know, he's a he's a veteran guy. He knows what it takes. I'm excited. And then the motherfucker turns into Swiss cheese on every shot. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's cool. That's great. 
uh, this doesn't make me want to drink at all. That's awesome. And then, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, there was flashes of Arvid Soderblom that was like, I was like, oh, okay, you're a solid, maybe number one, taking half of the half half of the games against uh, with with Mrazek. So I'm excited. So I mean, first and foremost, we need goaltending. We need someone like an Igor, like a Linus Olmark, like uh, uh, who's that? Who's that kid from? Um, who's that guy from Buffalo? Uh, the we ben, talked about him earlier. Ben. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. yeah. That kid. Um, Love that kid. Yeah. We need someone like him. For fuck's sake, dude, we need someone like fucking Aiden Hill, like Aiden yeah. Hill or Logan Thompson or something like that. Yeah. Like. What pissed me off the most was was when Robin Leonard was with Chicago. He was playing stellar. He played great. Now, I understand that the problems that he had in Vegas, that almost seemed unavoidable. Maybe. But well, the the Vegas thing I'll interject that is is Vegas is is not happy unless they're winning. So you you could be you. I mean, you had fucking Mark Andre Fleury for the for the love <laughs> love of God. Like you had on Mark Andre Fleury, and it was like this guy's a scumbag if we don't win. So I mean, which by <laughs> the way, I want to point out that I actually have a Mark Andre Fleury Blackhawks jersey. That even though he only played for half of a year, I still wear that some bitch around Vegas. And it I makes know, fuck me it. You got to. so happy. It makes me so fucking happy, dude. Like, I always see, like, Knights fans are just like, oh, man, he was a, such a bust for us. I'm like, fuck you. You have no idea what you're fucking talking about. How that dude put his, put, put, basically put the fucking team on his back in the playoffs. And you Absolutely. get stomped in five games against fucking Washington. Don't talk to me. Like, just get, get out of my face. But, man, what else? What else does the Hawks need? I'm going to be honest. I don't think Kyle Davidson is the guy. I don't think he is the head coach to lead us on. Um, he's a younger guy. I don't think he's really earned 100% of the respect of the players on, on the team. Um, sure, they, they're you know, obviously going to show him that respect that, that a coach needs because you know, that's, that's your coach. You know what I mean? But um, I don't think Kyle Davidson's the guy. I think he, he's he's good for the start of the rebuild, kind of just like a relatable guy. For the start of the rebuild, probably three to five years in, after that you want to look at someone like uh, Gerard Gallant, like uh, uh, like Coach 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 Quinville-esque type of sure. of, uh, of a coach of, of a coach, like more <laughs> of just like the old school mentality of like you know, shut the fuck up, do your job, you know, type shit. Like a, like a, we need to build yeah, yeah, Belichick yeah. of the hockey world. <laughs> you guys need, you guys need a fucking Tortorella, bro. Just to fucking scream at you guys and fucking yell at you oh, and tell you guys are pieces shit, of shit dude. and fucking just, fuck just beating you guys shit. in the locker room and just make you, you guys really run good. out of Chicago. Absolutely. You can't even hold a fucking job with Columbus. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You're watching what he does. You're watching what he does, bro. You want to see what the fuck yeah. his next freakout's going to be for sure. Yeah, but no. like you're not watching it because like he's a great coach. You're watching him because it's like, what's the next car accident that's going to happen that I can't take my fucking eyes off of? Like, you know, you're not watching him just. Be, you're not watching him like people watch Coach Q, where it was just like how he yeah, ran no, the sure. lines, how he ran his players. You know, different coaching behind the scenes, coaching videos and stuff that you would watch. You never did that with Torts. With Torts, it was all like, you know, oh, what's, is he going to, like, you, you ever seen the movie Goon, right? You've seen the movie yeah, Goon, right? Absolutely, Okay, brother. cool. Like, bag skate, 6 a.m., pussies. Like, you're yeah. waiting for that. <laughs> literally, bro. <laughs> you're L- waiting for literally. that at a next fucking press conference or him to freak the fuck out about someone's phone going off. Like, 
Shut the fuck up, dude. I can't stand torts. He shouldn't even be a fucking analyst for that no, matter. For for sure, bro. And and so to get back on track for that, because I Sorry. mean we could we could talk about torts all day. I think I think it's fucking hilarious. Obviously, I don't play for him, so that's why I think it's so funny. But oh, yes, um so <laughs> I for, can talk all my shit over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? Over here. So for 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 the Blackhawks, right? Now I I wouldn't say that they're necessarily in a rebuild. I don't, I just don't feel like they're even at that point yet. Is is what we got going on right now? Do you think enough, or is it? It's just going to take some time. Draft picks, losing some people oh, yeah. that are too expensive, and getting some guys that are cheaper. How do you think? I I definitely think it's a combination of everything. To be honest with you, um, I they're not a playoff team right now, and I pray to God, dude, as a Blackhawks fan, mind you, I'm a diehard Blackhawks fan, but I'm a realistic Blackhawks fan. You become a realistic fan when you're a fan base of the teams that I'm a fan of. Like, I was taught heartbreak as a Cubs fan in fucking 2003 with the Bartman ball, eight errors that led the Cubs. They were supposed to win the World Series that year, right? And this isn't a baseball podcast, sorry. But I was I, I was taught heartbreak at a young age, right? So I became more, sure, of a realist, sure. I became more of a realistic fan than anything else. So do I think that this team is better than last year's team? Absolutely. But I don't think they have what it takes to go on a deep run right now by any means. No, I do not. Um, I think if they go into the playoffs, it's the last seed. And that's all. It's it's like sure. maybe win one or two games and then that's good. Like that's that's all you're going to get. Um, but I, I really think it's going to be a combination of, you know, losing some of the cap space, like ditching some of the cap space. Um, maybe bring one or two more veterans in depending on how Corey Perry works out and Nick Foligno works out. Um, which by the way, I want to say I was actually really pumped about the Corey Perry signing. No, that's a, that, that's I, a great move for you guys. Absolutely. That's a yeah, great move I, for you guys. We needed that. We, we needed that asshole. We needed that Ryan Reeves esque kind of player. Um, I was really Rangers sad got Truba, that, right? Rangers got Truba, the guy that exactly. everybody hates, right? You need that guy that people hate. You need that guy that people hate, and I really feel like Corey Perry is that guy. Um, you know, I really feel like he's going to be just like the the Messier to the Gretzky. He's going to be the Hell Corey yeah, Perry brother. to the fucking Bedard, and that's that's what you want, right? Podcast so, listeners here like that reference. They appreciate it. <laughs> they loved it. That's part of the reason why I said it. Uh, <laughs> please, no, like me, I, please like me, guys. Please like me. Please like me. Please like me. Please like me. But uh, honestly, bro, I, I don't know what it's going to take for the Hawks to get back into to the winning shape. It, it could be a combination of better goaltender, draft picks that actually pan out, signing a couple of, uh, you know, top-end free agents, uh, ditching some of that loose-end money, uh, new coaching staff, whatever it's going to take. I, I really feel like we're about three to five years before we actually see any sort of changes. So... Now, mind you, I could I could be completely wrong. I could be so fucking yeah, wrong, and they could, come out this could. year, and for sure. And I pray to God that I am, because there's nothing more that I want to see than playoff hockey in my city. And what I what I, I say, bro, is if you're not in my fucking division, bro, blow the roof off. I do not care. Do what you want to do, bro. Like you know what I'm saying. Like <laughs> if it's not in my division, I hope you guys are the best team in the league. I don't care. But if you're in my division, I hope you guys suck. That's, oh yeah, that's what sure. I always say. Like, yeah, sell the farm. Like that's what I always say. I'm like. 
if, if you're in my division, I hope you lose everybody. I, I hope that your GM has a wild hair up his ass and just tra- trades fucking everybody. Let's just delete yeah. this franchise and, and let's start over somewhere else. That, that's what right. I want. We're yeah. move you to fucking Arizona. <laughs> you're going to play in Bullet Arena. <laughs> Literally, bro. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't honestly, I don't know what it's going to take. So I'm just kind of enjoying the ride at this point. Like, I'm, I'm going to tune into every single game. I'm going to try to go to as many games as I can um, somewhere in this southern southwest roundabout here. Um, I'm going to try my best to go to as many games as I can. I'm going to try my best to watch every single game. Um, It's not going to change. But the way that the Hawks are playing is not going to change my fandom ship. It's not going to change the the diehard black and red that rolls through my veins. It's, um, you know, I'm just I'm just excited. I really am. I'm excited to see if this is going to be the new face and this is the kind of hockey that we're going to be seeing from the Windy City. That's all I care about. As long as this is an upward tick from last year, the the fucking shoot for the moon, at least you'll land upon the stars type shit, you know? yeah. And and I think that, um, I think the Hawks are in the same place that the Rangers were a couple years ago, right? Where it's, you you have some good pieces, you could get there, you're probably going to tank a lot of, of the season, but when you catch on, you catch on, and it gets to that point where it's like, yeah, we're starting to win, but if if we lose any fucking games, bro, we're not making the playoffs. And you have to do that desperate, like end of the year kind of like just foot race to try to to clinch that playoff spot. You know, I I think that the, I think Chicago somewhere somewhere around there. You know, no disrespect, but yeah, we got we got to be honest here, right? So no, I th- I th- that's why I was saying before. So I don't mean to cut you off, but that's what I was saying before of like that's why I'm not going into these expectations. I know what a rebuild takes. I've seen what a rebuild does. I get it. You know, I'm not sitting there saying like, oh, my God, we got fucking Connor Bedard, bitch. We're winning eight. We're going 82 and 0, sweeping the fucking playoffs and bringing Lord Stanley back home. Yeah, no, I'm not fucking saying that by any means. I I would honestly say that our fucking ceiling is like maybe 40, 45 wins. Our our, uh, ground is like maybe 20 to 30 wins. And... That's where I think that we're at. As long as the goaltending can hold up and as long as Seth Jones doesn't shit the bed like he did in a lot of games last year where it almost just seemed like, dude, why the fuck are we paying you for four years? Like, you know, I, that's that's kind of where I'm sitting at for for the Hawks season this year. I'm just, I'm just, like I said, I'm just excited to see that hopefully that this is the upswing. And, yeah. Absolutely. And and I, I you got to have that, right? You You got to believe that you got to have that expectation or hope that something can happen, but then you got to be realistic. So I, I appreciate that, that take on there, but I do, I do need to, cause I think I have the upper hand with most other Rangers podcasts here because I have someone who's a fan of Chicago. So they really know about this next topic. <laughs> and I think, you know what I'm about to say, bro. I, I need, uh, I need to talk to you about yeah. Patrick Kane. So for, for my perspective, obviously we know he was hurt and obviously he came over here with the Rangers hoping for a deep run, get another Stanley Cup, you know. Sure. So I know that's why he was here and that's why he did it. He's had surgery. He's out. So uh, let me hear when you found out about Patrick Kane coming to the Rangers and and what do you think is going to happen with him this season? What, what are your thoughts? I just want to know okay. what you think. So I don't want to tie this back into baseball, but this this is a prime example of how I said that I was bred for heartbreak. Um, in 2021, the 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 Cubs traded their entire World Series core, and it hurt a lot of people. Uh, like a lot of the fan base lost a lot of sure. hope for 
they lost rightfully a lot so. Of rightfully yeah, so. They, they did and lost a lot of like love and respect for the ownership. Um, when you look deep down into those trades, you're kind of like, okay, a lot of this does does make a lot of sense. Yeah, it checks but, out. Yeah, but you know when when Jonathan Taves was out most of this year, or I'm sorry, most of last year due to health reasons, you kind of figured that like, okay, everyone knew that the Hawks were tanking. Every single, every fan base, every fan of every fan base, every player, every coaching staff, GM, front office, doesn't matter. Everyone knew that we were tanking for that first overall pick, okay? It's nothing. It's not a fucking secret. It wasn't an accident, right? Sure. So how are you going to tank? Like, my question was just like, how were you going to tank in hopes to get that top spot when you have the best American-born player on your team? So what are you going to do? Sure. I mean, he had a he had a great half of the season, you know, for for having zero health, basically, you know. Yeah, so he what was fucked up. He was fucked up. We all saw that he was fucked up. He was fucked up, exactly. So why not trade him for a higher value? Get a pick, get a player, you know, get get you know a prospect, whatever, right? So, I when I saw that he got traded, I was like, well, there it is. I didn't have, I wasn't sad. I wasn't like pissed off. I wasn't, you know, motherfucking the front office of the Blackhawks. I understood it was a business decision. You had to do what's best for Patrick Kane. You had to do what's best for your front office. Now, let's be honest. Those teams that won the cup in 2010, 2013, 2015, they're gone. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tate were the last two remaining of those cup runs. You know, I was actually more sad when they traded Duncan Keith than when they traded Black or when they traded Patrick Kane. Yeah, and, and you know, I was more sad about that and Brent Seabrook to Tampa for, and it ended up working out. Ended up working out in the long run for for the Hawks in comparison. You want to look? You want to talk about being fleeced on a fucking trade? That was being absolutely fleeced. Brent Seabrook didn't even lace up once for the fucking yeah. Lightning. Uh, <laughs> Whoopsies! But, whoopsies! Yeah, for sure. That sucks. But you know, I I wasn't sad. I was more of like, if he was going to go anywhere, I want him. I wanted him to go to a place that had an opportunity to win a cup. You know, he wasn't. He there was no way in fucking hell that anyone, not even Panthers fans, could predict that they were going to go on a run that they went on. Um, No, no not at all. Not at all. No, there was no chance that they were going to interdivisional trade him. So he wasn't going to go to the Stars or the Jets uh, or even fucking Nashville. There was no chance that he was going to go there. Um, you know, my only thought was like, well, there's, he's not going to go to Boston because they're pretty stacked right now. They're coasting into the playoffs about, you know, three months before the playoffs even fucking happen. So they were coasting. Tampa's already stacked and way over the cap, cap space limit as it is. So my only thought process was like, okay, well, he's either going to go to New Jersey or he's going to go to New York. And because he wasn't going to go to fucking Toronto, that wasn't going to fucking happen. No. Um, but you you looked at you looked at New York uh, at the at this Rangers team who was like, okay, they're kind of stacked. And what's going to really help is when you bring back that connection of Panarin and Kane. And I can't wait to talk to you. <laughs> oh man, man. So but, it, 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 it's it, that's hard. That's a hard one. I, I'll keep going. But I could cry right now. But go ahead. <laughs> But, you know, I was really excited because I was just like, oh, man, I can't wait to see that dynamic duo back in action like it was in Chicago. Like, I really can't wait for that. Um, 
so I was like, okay, cool. I was like, he's going to go to New York. And then he got traded and he went to New York. And I was like, all right. I was like, this is your chance, man. Like, you're, this is what was going to happen. There's one of two things that was going to happen. You were either going to lose and not make it past. Uh, my, my, honestly, I had Eastern Conference champion. I had Eastern Conference dreams for the, for the Rangers. Like, I thought, for sure, if you were going to get bounced, it was going to be the Eastern Conference. It, it, sure. it wasn't going to be the first round. But, um, you know, I was like, okay, you're, you know, you, you're, you're going to go on a deep run here. Um, and you're either going to lose out, come back for another year and either become an absolute mentor to some young player, or, you know, you're going to go to another contender and basically, you know, buy your way into another ring, or you're going to go out a champion and you're going to finally retire. Well, that, that that was what I thought too, right? That like that's that's yeah. the icing on the cake. That's the storyline. Like had to have thought. he's going to come here. He's going to help him win the cup. He's going to retire. He's going to say, "I done what I needed to do." And, and honestly, yeah. for, for myself, for Patrick Kane, just to interject real quick, we've been yeah, talking about getting Patrick Kane to the Rangers, like in at least in the Rangers like news outlets for like the past two years, to the point that like literally up until like a day or two before he actually came over, I was like, I don't fucking care anymore. I really don't fucking care. I wasn't even excited when he came over, which sucks because I should have, you know, enjoyed that more. But we're talking sure. about it for fucking two seasons, man. We're talking yeah. about, oh, we're going to get Kane. We're gonna get Kane. I'm like, dude, just shut the fuck up about it, please. Because he's not coming. Right. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's well, never going to happen. He's I not going to. Yeah, yeah, you were wrong. You were wrong. And you had like the worst. You were just so, what's the word? Um, just desensitized. Absolutely. Almost. 100%. Yeah, so 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 I 100% get that. Um, there's one thing that I didn't know uh, was was how fucked up his hip was. Um, I don't think anybody did, brother. Honestly, because yeah. that trade probably wouldn't have went through. Honestly, because and look again, the people here that listen to this already know you can't put this all on Kane. I don't put this all on uh-uh. Kane. Our our team just just didn't. I don't know. They didn't like a lot. And they just didn't want to deliver. You can't put it on Kane. But I absolutely thought he was going to be a little bit better just knowing who he is. Right. But obviously he was hurt. Obviously he needed time. And I think he just saw the opportunity of coming to the Rangers where we were. There was a chance. He's like, I'm going to just fight through it because this might be the last chance I have, you know, you also have to factor this in too. It's not too far from where he's from. You know, you're talking about a Buffalo. Yeah, sure. sure. He wasn't going to go to Buffalo because they had zero playoff aspirations last year. So they weren't going to just ship him off to Buffalo to finish out the fucking year. Like that wasn't gonna fucking happen. Yeah, no. Not to mention, and not to mention, it's not like Buffalo had any assets that the Hawks might have been interested in. Um, but you know, he, they were gonna ship him off somewhere close to home, and and like what happened to the Cubs in twenty twenty one with trading off the the World Series core, that's pretty much what they did. They kept everyone close to home, close to their home. You know what I sure. mean? So it's like you know that's exactly what they did for Patrick Kane, and you know. Of course, I joke about it. You know, I, I joked with you a lot about it where I was like, you know, like, <laughs> we fleece the fuck out of you. Oh, absolutely. You got a bum. You got yeah. a bum. Patrick Kane. Yeah. You know, but in real, in, in, in all honesty, I, I don't think anyone, especially maybe Patrick Kane's camp knew, maybe Patrick Kane knew that something was wrong with his hip and all of a sudden he, you know, right as the season ended, he says, cool, I'm going under the blade. I'll talk to you later. You know, but... You know, I don't think I, I don't think either front office knew that that was the ramification that you were facing at the end of the season. 
There and, is and, not a chance and, in hell. Yeah, and to be fair, right? I mean, there's no organization, there's no franchise, there's no club that's going to say, no, we don't want Patrick Kane. Thank you. We're good, right? Like, that's no one's ever going to say that. So for, for the Rangers to, to get him, even if they knew he was fucked up, I could just see them being like, hey, well, dude, it's fucking Patrick Kane, man. So, I mean, even if he does sure. a quarter of what he's able to do, that's enough, right? And I'm sure that was what the reasoning was behind grabbing him, regardless if they knew or not. Right. So yeah, I, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I really don't have anything to say to that. I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. So I read a report. I can't remember who it was by, so I could give proper credit to. So I apologize if that person happens to hear this podcast. Oh, you but, know they're listening, bro. Everybody's listening, listening, bro. This one specifically, this podcast specifically. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, uh, I did read a report. I think it was like a week or two ago that his recovery was actually going like way ahead of schedule and looking like he'll be back by the start of the season. So I I read a report as well that uh, obviously we can't live off of these, right. But they're saying that maybe they're going to try to deadline trade for him to come back to New York, which I'm again, wait, so, so hold on, hold on. So you're talking about him signing somewhere else and then deadline train to bring him back. Yeah. So like, you know, not going to happen. We're we're kind of we're kind of stacked where he is now. Who's going to sign for Who's going to sign for Kane? He'll probably take a, it probably take a a real a real premium deal to come over somewhere, right? But, well, my thing is is like who who do you guys have to trade? Who do the Rangers have to trade to? Let's say because I thought that you know I have this thought process of he's going to go to the Red Wings. And the only reason why that he would go to the Red Wings was to, was to play with, with Alex Dabrinkit again and to finish out his career with Dabrinkit. Um, not to mention having Dylan Larkin on your other side, too. Wouldn't that be really nice? But, but let's be honest. Are you really going to give up valuable assets, either from Hartford, or from Hartford or from New York, for a 34-year-old winger? Well, that's my thing. Is My... my, my direct response would be absolutely not here the dream with patrick kane hoisting his cup with new york for me that's been dead that's dead right you know it would have been a cool story yeah exactly it would have been a cool story it would have been a nice storyline it would have been fun it would have been a great little little dot in the in the rangers history so i could have said that we would have had talks about that you know we would have been talking about it forever it would have been cool for for us as fans to see him get that cup obviously my team would have won a stanley cup which would have been great for me but just to see him Get but one it's the more. fact of like basic hometown boy goes to his team, wins a Stanley Cup. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. Storyline of the year. Grabbing. Oh yeah, for sure, hundred percent. But to to bring him back, the deadline as a thirty four year old that's coming off of hip surgery that you know we, there had to be a report that said that his recovery was going ahead of schedule. So if he were to stick on schedule, he wouldn't be playing until maybe a quarter of the way through this year, because you got to think, you know, once you finish recovery, now you got to get, now you got to get play ready. And, you know, it's. Well, that's where the deadline comes from, right? That's they're They're saying that like, he's going to take a while to come back. It's going to take a while to get in. Then when he gets back, he's going to have to train. He's going to have to get ready to skate. And by the time the, you know, trade deadline acquisitions happen, he would be ready to come back. But then again, we, we, we're totally capped now. Signed a bunch of dudes on some really, really good deals, like league minimum or like nine hundred thousand type of contracts, yeah. one year stuff. We are pretty much capped out right now, which is which is okay. It's a good it's a good problem to have right now because we're not locked into players that we don't want. We kind of just filled out the rest of what we had with 
with those players that we 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 acquired in the deadline and my sure. fans and the people who listen to this podcast already know who those people are. So we don't got to get into that. But that, that's what that, that's what that's what it is. It's we we don't need Patrick Kane to do what we're about to do now again because I'm a glutton for punishment because I you know like to hurt myself. Of course, that you'd love to say yeah that'd be cool if he came back, but realistically it's just i'm at the same point i was before we signed them the first time and maybe the last time it's like you know i don't care <laughs> i don't fucking care anymore right. i can't base my whole life off of one player whether you like him or not you know what i'm saying and i'm taking all emotion yeah. out of it right i i, I can't i can't do it yeah that's where i'm sitting at too like i want him to come back to chicago so he can play a season with bedard and almost kind of become like a mentor to Connor bedard um and and lucas reichel i like i want him to do that i i really do i in the same sense though is like i feel like he wants to try to win a cup in his last year now the problem is is all of these cup contending teams um already have you know they the, their weakness isn't we need a right winger you know what i mean yeah 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 you know like they're with their these teams weaknesses aren't like oh we just need this 34 year old to fill this gap real quick granted Look, he may be 34, but he's playing like he's 24. So, you know, even when he was hurt, he was playing at best 28. Like, what? Like, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I want him to come back to Chicago. I also want him to have another chance to win a ring, but that's also nostalgia bias. So, because it's like, you know, I basically grew up watching Patrick Kane on the Blackhawks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. My my entire pretty you know what? The first ten years was was Patrick Kane was the guy. Yeah, Patrick that's your Kane, guy, right? A, that, that's our long that's a, that's our Lundquist, right? He's he's the player yeah. that's polarizing, the one that you just yeah. you just can't stop talking about because even though like, he's not the best, the billboard. things he does exactly the things he does. The things that he does in the right moments are stuff that can't be that just can't be replicated, right? He just has no, that that sauce. Like, like it was almost like I loved watching Red Wings and and Hawks games if it went to shootout because that meant Pavel Datsuk and fucking Patrick Kane were had to duke it out in one round. Like that was fucking unreal to watch, yeah. you know. And, and then as like time progressed, it was just amazing to watch. You know, there's a okay. Let's put it this way: there's a reason why his nickname is Showtime. All right, so when it really fucking counts, he'll actually show up and do it. Granted, when he's healthy. Let me preface that real quick. I will say uh, Showtime on Broadway, brother. Showtime on Broadway had a fucking ring to it though. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't super uh I wasn't super with it when you signed him, but you know, Showtime on on Broadway, it it definitely had a had a nice little ring to it. I like that. Mm-hmm. That was that was fun. But let me ask you this. Last thing about Patrick Kane cuz we can go on about him all day, okay? Sure. Percentage-wise, Split Rangers Blackhawks percentage chance where he plays next year. What would it be? Like what? what okay, so hold on. Break down the question one more time. You're if it was like, a fifty, if fifty fifty chance 50. he went to to New York or Blackhawks, what what would you think that it would really be realistically? Oh, where you think I he's going? It. So I would probably say sixty forty. To be quite honest with you. Because you also you have that hometown esque of playing in New York, but you also have that hometown esque of playing in Chicago because that's where you grew your entire life. Basically, that's where you grew your brand. You know, that's, that's where that's split that's sixty in favor of the Rangers or or of the Blackhawks. No, Hawks. that's split sixty in the favor of the Blackhawks. Um, just because, like, 
you know, there's that almost you want to have that loyalty of like, no, 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 you guys, you drafted me. I want to retire as a Blackhawk. I want to finish my my tenure as a Blackhawk. Yeah. Um, I wanted a chance to win a ring. It didn't happen. But, you know, but you also have like the the thought process of like, you know, I want to finish close to home. And, you know, I want to finish in New York because that's close to home. So you have that aspect sure. for it. Unfortunately, you really did. He, he, aside from being close to, to, to where he's originally from, there is no like loyalty to New York in a sense where it is in comparison to Chicago. No, not at, him, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Three cups, you know, was it two or three silver medals in the Olympics. Like Con Smythe. Um, I think he, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I can't honestly, swear to God, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he won the Calder. Um, but, you know, it's, he does, he, he, so now that I'm thinking about it more 70 30. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I, I would now probably, now that I'm thinking about it and talking about <laughs> yeah. it more, probably go 70 30. Probably, um, I, I would and, say and that. It's totally yeah. just a loyalty aspect, you know, of like, uh, you know, these were my guys, this is my home, this is where I'm from, you know, I want to be the last one to remain. Or the last one to of that core to step on the ice, and it would help with uh, um, you know the leadership stuff, like who's going to be captain. Not necessarily say it would be him, but he would fit in that role of of being helpful to leadership and say, "Hey, let's give this one last shot." Whether it goes bad or good, right? You know what I'm saying? Whether it's good or bad, it would make sense for him to say, "Hey, look, no matter what, how much time I have left, or how well I I heal from this this surgery that I go through, it's like I want to play out what I have left with with Chicago," and that that makes sense to me, honestly. Yeah, it, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, it'd be the same as if they dealt Sidney Crosby at the deadline. He comes back for his final year and plays in Pittsburgh. Sure. Say the same thing about Alex Ovechkin. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Zidane Chara was, was a, a big one, you know, where, like, they dealt him or free agency somewhere else and finished his year. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the right guy. I think you are as well. in Boston, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't. I, I I'm pretty sure he finished off in Boston, but he played somewhere well, else. Yeah, we don't, like we, don't talk, we don't talk about shit. Boston here. Yeah, we don't talk about Boston. No, here, I know. So it don't matter. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I, mean, no, like, I, I hear you. Way, I hear you. Right? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'd probably say seventy thirty going Chicago's way. It it'd be fucking nice to see him try to mentor uh, Bedard. That would be cool. Honestly, that that would be cool, but. We'll see. I'll say all we'll say is we'll see, right? We're just we're just two dudes talking about hockey, so who knows? But we'll see. But I do have one final question for you. This okay. is probably the most important question that I'll ask the entire podcast and the entire episodes that we do from now on, forever, whatever it may be. This is probably the most important question. Who is your current active favorite Ranger? Igor. There you go. Straight up fucking Igor Shosturkin. That motherfucker is a, he is a fucking workhorse. And, and um, you know, it goes back to what I was saying like earlier in the pod when I was talking about how he's a solid, you know, will give you, um, oh, yeah. you know, X amount of X amount of wins. I mean, look, mm-hmm. you can date it back from like, you know, 2020, 2019, 2020. Yeah. He had 10 wins, but he had two losses. You know what I mean? And like, exactly. he had a 2.52 goals against. You know, uh, and last year he was unreal. Like if if Linus if Linus Allmark didn't have the year he did, it, it would have been for sure um, up there for the fucking MVP. You know, but absolutely. Um, 
I know we said we don't talk about Boston. We fucking hate Boston. I just bring up a Boston goaltender. <laughs> no, but, but it makes sense, and it's a good analogy. I'll allow it. I'll allow you, it. You can't. You can't negate a good player. If he was on Washington, you would have said we would have never even glossed over it. But um, no, I would probably say Igor is my favorite. Uh, if I had to get a current player and a, a current New York jersey, would be Igor. And and like I said, that's that's the jersey I have. That's the jersey I'll be rocking. And it's. I mean, us here as Rangers fans and you, a hockey appreciator, just know that he's he's had to step into some big skates, right? He had to. He really did. I mean, to have to to have to lace him up after the King, you know, it was kind of hard to. It's really hard to step into that role, you know, and not to bring this back to the Blackhawks, but you did have a Blackhawks fan on the on uh, the pod, but you know, it's kind of the same thing with Connor Bedard, where he's going to have to step in and basically become Patrick Kane. You know, exactly. and, uh, you know, it's the same thing for Igor. He had to step in and basically become Henrik Ludquist, you know. But, the, you know, the problem is, is like, it just kind of fell apart when it mattered. And I really feel like this was a huge learning experience for him. So he's definitely going to come back next year and be just real dangerous between the pipes. Real fucking dangerous. Even more dangerous. I mean, you're you're talking about he had fucking, what, 37 wins last year, 38 wins last year. And that's the and thing too. You're, you're is, talking about sub fifteen losses too, which is fucking huge. And that's I love that you brought that up because that's the splits that really matter to me, right? It's you can have whatever amount of wins, right? But hit the, the the possibility of Igor losing is always very low. The possibility of someone usually scoring on a like the when we lost in the conference final round that season, what two season? Not this season, but the season two. before. Yeah. yeah, when we lost in that one, it was like you'd get a breakaway and you'd be like, "Man, I'm not even going to stand up. I'm not even worried." Right? That, that's yeah, that's how co- it was with Crawford. Yeah, like, that's like, like the that's confidence they exactly. instill. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt when Crawford was in that for the Hawks, where I was like, "Nah, he's fucking got it. He's good." Like pre-concussion protocol every other third day, but like, um, that's exactly how I felt when Corey Crawford was playing for the Hawks. Well, I was just like, "Oh man, this you know five O says fuck no," you know. That was my, absolutely that was, that was like, that's I see almost flashes of Lundqvist and Crawford and Igor. And that's probably why I'm so tied to him. You know, not not just because I really don't know any other player on the Rangers, but it's just like he's always one that I'm locked in on. Sure. You could have easily said Mika Zibanejad. You could have easily said Artemi Panarin. You know, there there are play- Adam Fox. You could have easily said all those people. But the thing is, is that when you look at the entire team as a whole, and you see Igor Shosturkin. It's it's not just me being a Rangers fan, right? Of course, I have that bias. But when you see him, when you go against him, when you play against him, he'll let some soft goals in sometimes. But when Igor decides to shut the fucking door, it's closed, bro. He will yeah. not let you in. And that's just, that's just how he plays hockey. Just how he plays hockey. And yeah, that's it for today. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. This was super fun to make. And I hope that Nick is going to be on more episodes to come. I love that he was here. It was a, it was a really fun time. And other news, Rangers stuff, hockey is back. Tomorrow is going to be preseason. There's a lot of videos and media availability that just came out talking about the Rangers and everything that's going on. You know I'm going to be covering that. You know I'm going to be back here. It's it's everything we've been waiting for, boys. So a lot of exciting stuff happening over here at Worst New York Rangers Podcast. And hockey's back. So Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys for listening and supporting. I want to say again, special thanks to Nick for being here. I'm really happy that he was able to come through and, and we did this thing that we've been talking about for uh, a little bit now. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was it was a lot of fun. I, I can't I can't stress that enough. It was a lot of fun and I hope to do this for many, many, many years to come. So 
Just remember, it's not over till it's over. No quit. Ego, we trust. And let's go Rangers.